Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast, episode number 463, Imposter Syndrome and Perfectionism with Tessa Sanders. Good morning, and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal on this show is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. On the episode this week, my wife Tess and I will dive into the awesome topics of imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and trying to figure out how to solve both. Let's dig in. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and welcome back to the 5 a.m. Miracle Studios. And of course, I am back in this awesome place with my lovely wife, Tessa. Hi, everybody. I think I counted this as episode or interview number 19 with you on the show Ooh. as a guest. Um, that's a lot. Um, congratulations, I guess. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's a, you, get, you get awards every time. It just It's a better and better award. Nice. Um, you have been talking a lot about the topic for the episode this week. Primarily because you spoke about it recently in a conference, right? Yes. I did a little bit of prep. And of course, when I'm prepping for stuff, then you and I have conversations in our living room about it. So yes. we thought it would be a good topic for the podcast. Which is great because I have never, well, I have spoken about imposter syndrome before on the show, but only briefly, never in detail. And I find this topic to be very interesting because I think that, I don't know, the older that I get, the more avenues of life I kind of toy with or experiment with or explore. And in that process, I'm experiencing more of what this is, I think, uh, which we're going to dig into. Um, so I want to kick off the conversation by defining this term, uh, which I have pulled from the Harvard Business Review. You want to get fancy here. Um, the way they define it is that imposter syndrome is the collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. So to rephrase that, it means you feel inadequate or unprepared, even though you probably shouldn't because you are qualified to be doing what you're doing. So sometimes this is called imposter syndrome. Sometimes it's called like the imposter experience. Mm. Um, there's a few different variations on the name, but we're going to call it imposter syndrome for this conversation. It's the term people use most often. Yeah. Um, so from that perspective, if we can, and that's a good definition of what the term actually is. Um, let's also really quickly dis, uh, discuss what it's not. Uh, so we're not in that same category. Um, basically, this is not just being a fraud or being or faking something, right? If I put on a doctor's coat today and walk into an operating room, I'd be faking it. I'd be a fraud. You right? should feel like you're not prepared for that. I should feel unprepared because I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't belong in an operating room unless I'm the patient, right? Like that's... That would be me doing that or the movie Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio's character. He was impersonating a pilot and other people as well, where he was directly faking his position. Right. He had no experience, no qualifications uh, or very little. And so in that sense, being an imposter or a fraud is just literally you're doing the wrong thing, probably for the wrong reasons as well. You're utterly unqualified to do what you're being asked to do or what you're pretending like you can do. Which I think in some cases you could be thrown to the fire. Um, with that, where like, let's say, for example, that like your boss is unavailable and you take over some new position at, at your office and you have no experience in this arena, you would technically be just winging it. 
Right. I think we saw that a lot with COVID, right? Like this was a situation that like there are no experts on this because we haven't had something at this scale before. So there's no one to sort of go to. So many Mm. people found themselves, many leaders found themselves in a position where it's like, you are the most qualified and yet you are still utterly unqualified (laughs) to like lead an organization through a pandemic. And so people were really feeling ill-equipped because they actually were yeah. ill-equipped in some regard. Yeah, I think that's that's true for a lot of people where you find yourself in a position where it's, something is brand new. And because it's brand new and you have no experience, you find yourself, I mean, to a certain degree, faking it until you make it. Right. Um, and so this is all kind of in the same conversation. So depending on what it is you're pursuing will depend on how you define your role in that arena, whether you are an actual imposter or you just feel like you are, but you're actually not. Right. So what we're talking about today is is that second one where yes. you are in a role or being asked to do something where you feel like you're not qualified, but you actually have been selected based on your like honest merit or because you actually have the skills. Or you chose for yourself to be a part of something and yet you still feel that same sense of, wait, am I in the right place here? Like, do I belong here? Is this my community? Is this my space? Like all those doubts and fears that I think are healthy. They're natural. Everyone has those. I think to our point earlier before we began recording was that even the people who are the most successful in any arena, they have these same feelings. Mm-hmm. They have these same doubts, same fears. No, yes, there are some people who are overly confident, let's say. Maybe they don't experience that and they should be, which is a different scenario altogether. But I think that the honest answer here is that we all experience this on some level and you experience it more often, from my experience, if you are exploring new areas of life more often. If you're willing to take risks, try new things, um, start a new hobby, whatever the case is, you may experience that sense of like, wait, I don't belong here. I think we also see this with people who are typically like, quote, successful or, Mm. um, you know, high achieving or like pros or whatever. Um, People who generally do things well Mm -hmm. when they start something new or are encountering a new situation and they get any evidence that like this isn't super easy for them or they're not automatically doing this at 100% quality. They start to interpret any evidence that they're not like an A++ person as an indicator that they are a fraud. So I think this is particularly salient Mm. for like the, you know, productivity world Because we're people who like to be really productive, like to get things done, like to be successful. And then suddenly in a new scenario, you might be faced with some evidence that makes you think you're not qualified. I mean, I think this is the experience of anyone who has been a perfectionist, an A-plus student, a high achiever, a a person who checks the boxes, crosses T's, dots the I's. I mean, that's been my life story is that I want to be that person, even to my own detriment. Right. Like there is a fault there. There's a a bad area of this where I think that I mean, I've been working on this personally for a long time of lowering the bar to a level that actually is realistic, because if I always think I need an A plus in every area, the only thing that happens there is I get a headache. Right. Like I just exhaust myself. I get frustrated. It doesn't result in the end result that I want. It results in negative feelings on my part and possibly even a worse end result of whatever it is I'm pursuing. So being a perfectionist, generally speaking, I think, is a bad thing. Right. In this context, it probably is as well because we're talking about people who, you know, they do belong where they are. And these feelings of doubt are probably inappropriate. 
right? And you should you should be pursuing these things and to a sense ignoring what's what's in our head right now. There's a voice in our head that says, right. "Don't do this." We need to like quiet that voice a little bit. Yeah. So, do you have examples in your life of when you have experienced imposter syndrome or when you felt that way? It's an interesting question because I think that every single time I start anything new, especially if this is an area where I have I don't actually have a lot of prior experience, but I want to pursue some new arena, then day one of even considering the thing feels like I don't belong here. Um, I'll give a good example of voiceover work because, you know, for many years I spent time in theater in high school with you. We met in many ways right there. And then I did theater in college and then I pursued podcasting after that. But there's always this kind of in the back of my mind, this voiceover career that I was considering. But in my mind, a voice actor is a celebrity. They're in Hollywood. They are famous. They are wealthy. They are connected. There's all these descriptors of who a voice actor would be that I would like to then be. But then I think of my own life and I'm like, but I'm none of those things, right? Like I don't have any of those qualifications. I'm not that well-connected celebrity in Los Angeles. So then if I want to pursue a career in that arena, day one, I automatically feel behind. I feel unqualified. And I am technically because I haven't done anything yet. But you have many skills already and strengths. Yes. That would set you up to be successful. So you're not utterly unqualified to do Which, it. Which to my point about me and my background in theater and in podcasting and owning tons of microphones, it's like I've, I'm, I'm already doing that job in many ways. So it's not as if I literally am starting from scratch. You know, if I walk into an operating room in the example before, I'm not a surgeon. I have no experience in the medical world. So if I were to say today, right now, my goal is to become a surgeon, well, I don't have anything to back that up. I'd have to go start on day one at position zero and build from there. But other areas of my life, there, I'm not at zero. I'm already further along that path. And so for me, if I feel like an imposter, in this example, I'm not one. I just need to kind of figure out a way to get beyond that. Mm-hmm. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So, your life, what do you got? Well, I think for me, this comes up most often in my like professional world in education and being asked to teach a certain course or speak to a group of people. Um, I've also done consulting. And in that scenario, 
somebody's sort of bringing me in as an expert and I start to question myself, like, am I really expert enough Mm. to be consulting here or to be um, in this position of like critiquing someone else's work or whatever you might be asked to do as a consultant? And I think in those opportunities, it's really, you know, even even if I'm really prepared when I start to speak or when I start start to teach a class for the first time or when I go into a consulting situation, I am just always in the back of my head. I hear this little voice being like, are you really like good enough mm. at what you're doing to be speaking on this topic or to be teaching this topic or to be consulting or whatever it is? So I've definitely experienced this many times. I remember when I um, was getting my doctorate, first day of class, I was sitting in the classroom looking around wondering like, am I supposed to be here? Like <laughs> I know I applied, they accepted, you know, my application, but I just kept wondering like, are are they going to realize that I'm not really yeah, being like, found out doctoral uh-huh. level, uh-huh. you know, if I talk too much or if I, expo- you know, if something exposes me as like a fraud here. <laughs> Well, it's funny from that example of like feeling like a fraud or being being found out. I mean, even for this topic today, for you and I to discuss being imposters, we questioned whether we had enough experience to even talk about the topic. Right. Which is the irony there is hysterical, but that's exactly what our, our, the whole point, right? Right. This, this most recent um, presentation I gave about imposter syndrome, I was speaking to a bunch of really smart educational leaders. And I was so aware. Well, you're assuming that though, right? You're assuming that you're unqualified in that position, right? Well, that not they are... unqualified, but like lesser qualified. Mm, that's Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, right. the idea of being lesser than is probably the most common anyway, mm-hmm. right? Because that conference would never have asked me to speak on those topics because I'm not in that world. I'm not, I would be at zero on that, you know, the playing field here. So you're already in the game. Mm-hmm. You're among the peers, but you feel lesser than. Right. Which is interesting because that's it's very common, right. right? And it doesn't mean in that scenario that you can't speak and provide value. Right. I think that's the key thing for me has been just because I'm not at the pro level that I think I should be doesn't mean I have nothing to offer. Right. Like, there's a lot more that I could bring to the table. And that's how you get better is you start where you are mm-hmm. and you offer the value you have today. And then over time, you can gain more value and offer more value because you are in the process of growth and improvement. Right. But that's never going to happen if you assume because I'm lesser than, I offer nothing. Right. It's that kind of like all or nothing mindset that connects to perfectionism, right? Like if I think that I have to be perfect in Mm. all arenas or else I'm a zero at everything, that can be a really problematic mindset. I mean, back to the example you asked me before, like what are examples in my life of this? Whenever I do an episode of this podcast, Generally speaking, I'm taking on a topic that I feel good with, like one I've experienced with, I can talk about and provide value with. But in the last year, I shifted from a podcast that was a lot of interviews to one that's basically just me doing monologues every week, except when you're here, which is lovely. (laughs) But when, so one, I challenged myself this year by taking on new topics. I intentionally put that out there and said, I want to explore new arenas to see what else I can learn and then offer value in those areas. Well, every single recording then for me is a little bit nervous, nerve wracking, a little bit scary because I'm like, wait a minute, am I qualified enough to discuss this next topic and do so in a way that is helpful and professional and I sound confident on the microphone? Like I can fake it and sound confident with lots of things, but I, that fear of being found out 
is in the back of my mind, right? Right. Well, and it's interesting because I think for you and for me, it's like even in the face of really positive feedback, like people are like, yeah. that presentation was so great. You have so much to share. Can you send me the slides? Can you come and speak again? Even then, I'm still like, I mean, I can come and speak again, but am I really qualified to like do, you know, it's just this like perpetual like questioning, that little voice in my head. Yeah. So let's talk about some ways to maybe push this forward. Yes. Well, we have some some thoughts here. Actually, I want to go back one step okay. because we have this note here about the connection to perfectionism that I think should be explored further. Okay. Um, and by that, I mean everything that I pursue, I set the bar pretty high. Like every new project, every new beginning, I walk into it and I say, here's the the end goal that I want to, pers- I want to pursue. Here are all the steps to get there, right? This is not my usual like protocol for being productive and efficient. And then in the process of making my checklist, here are the things I'm going to be doing. I find myself almost like inadvertently becoming an imposter in the process by taking on a lot. I think the perfectionist also is an overachiever, right? We think that in order to be where we should be, that pro level, that higher echelon to shoot for, we need to do more. I think for me, the process of doing more and shooting for a higher end result causes me to experience more of being an imposter more often to my own detriment. Because I think that oftentimes what we're looking for here to not feel like an imposter is to a certain way, like start with things you feel confident in, like check the box of things that are direct to the end result you want, and then you stretch a little. But if you stretch too much all the time, then I think you're going to not only experience being an imposter, you actually might become one if you're pushing the envelope a little too much, a little too often. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a gap between where you are and where you want to be. Yeah. And I think with perfectionists, which I identify with as well, <laughs> I also, I want to be where I want to be. Like, I want to be at my end goal right away. Yeah. And I often am yeah. not giving my, yes, I'm not giving myself a reasonable expectation for how long it's going to take to get up to speed in a way that feels sustainable. I mm. think like, I just started this, therefore I want to be the best at this. Like in 24 yesterday, hours. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's just not helpful. So I think one of the ways to sort of close this gap between where you are and where you would like to be is to set a realistic timeline for how you're going to get there and how long it's going to take. Which I think to the point that we had made prior to this recording was about this idea of acknowledging reality, of being realistic with where you actually are, like not undervaluing, not overvaluing, but just knowing your place right now today, because that's when you know you can grow because you know where you are, right? Like a simple example of a marathon, if you know you're at mile 12, then you know you have 14.2 miles left. But if you lie to yourself and say, I'm at mile 25, like that's not going to work. Right. You're not there. It's, it's the wrong example or the opposite is true as well. If you think I'm a mile two, but you're not like you're further along in that path. Either way, lying to yourself doesn't work. And I think that the imposter syndrome plays into all of this where we're looking for a realistic sense of your skills, your abilities, your place in this arena. So because then you can actually assess your real value and then actually add more value to that, knowing where you have been the whole time. Right. Which I think some of the strategies that you talk about on your show come into play there. So like a weekly reflection, for example, mm. if I can say like, here's where I am, yeah. here's what I did this week. It gives, it can help sort of ground you in reality yeah. Um, instead of this sort of not realistic idea maybe that you have.
fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. This also plays into, I, I use the podcast as an example constantly, but I recently shifted the way that I record this show because I used to approach this for a long time with this idea that I basically had to be this perfect announcery podcaster who came on and said every word correctly and really presented the information in this beautiful way. And then I realized I was driving myself crazy because I had the bar pretty high to the point where I would get frustrated if what I said and recorded wasn't at that same pristine level. And I kind of created an impossible task, an impossible challenge for myself. So I had to lower the bar to not feel like I was going to have to fake it to make up the gap, which also I think is part of this conversation, too, is that we're trying to not only be where we are, but then also keep the bar there more often. Right. I think if we can say like where I am is fine and I don't yeah. need to strive to like know more, be more, have experienced more, like to just really be able to say like I'm not an imposter. I am qualified to be here. I am prepared for this. Yeah. Especially when there's evidence there to suggest that those things are true, to really yes. say like this is good enough. I don't have to constantly be striving for betterment, which I think is a message that we hear in society a lot, that we should always be trying to get better. Yeah. And it's just, as you've mentioned before on your show, I know it's just exhausting. Yeah. And often we can just say like, where I am is enough. Well, it's, it's the human experience, right? It's that nobody is perfect and no one expects perfection unless they do. And then if you do, it's like you're expecting someone who can't be perfect to be perfect. And the person's probably you. Like, I, of myself, I expect perfection, which is irrational. I think that part of this entire, like, pursuit of growth and big, high-achieving goals, we find ourselves in that kind of irrational zone of the, what you said is too ambitious because right. it's it, it's not grounded in what you're actually going to be able to do. Right. And so if you find yourself there, then all of this stuff of perfectionistic tendencies and being an imposter, they all just kind of, you know, wiggle their way in there and mess up the process and make you feel bad which right. we're not trying to do. Right. And I think it can be helpful to ask yourself, like, where are these, like, ideas or um, quality bars coming from? Like, are they mm. external? Like, I really do need to meet this or else, like, I won't get to keep my job or something like that. Yeah. Or is this just, like, in my head, I do things in a certain way, but right now that way is not working. Mm. So, like, for me, I have a pretty quick, like, email response time, for example. Yeah. And generally, it's not just that I'm responding to the email, but that I'm, like, 
finishing the product. Like I get back to people with a finished product really <laughs> quickly. Well, sometimes when I have a lot of things to do, it's just not possible to do all of those things right. in my normal turnaround time. And then I start to feel anxious or, um, I don't know, imposterish when I'm like, <laughs> wow, like I'm not getting this back to people. My response time is lagging a bit. But if I really take a step back and look at it, I realize like that's just something that I've imposed on myself. It's internal. It's not external. The people waiting on me understand that I have a lot on my plate right now and they aren't expecting a response super, super fast. And so to to be, again, aware of like what is reality versus what are the voices in your head telling you, I think is really important. Yeah. I mean, it's that acknowledgement of the real world. And I think to that point, I mean, we really said earlier, getting feedback on where you are. I think is going to be an important aspect here too, because I do my own self-assessments, right? Like I will ask myself, where am I in this area? Which is one perspective. That's just my own. But to then ask somebody else, if I ask you where I am, I get a different answer than what I would say on my own. And that gives me a more well-rounded perspective of where I actually might be. And if you get more opinions, it's more helpful. But I think that helps to play into your true skills, abilities, level of achievement at this current stage. And then you have that good sense of, like, now I know what's going on. Now let's move forward. Well, and that can be really scary for someone who feels like an imposter because they can think, if I ask for feedback, then I'm going to get some negative feedback and mm. it's going to expose me for the fraud that I am. Which is just fear of a potential consequence that oftentimes isn't based in reality either. Like that fear being found out as a, as a fraud isn't a bad thing. Like it could be if you actually are fraud, of course, but like if you are legitimately qualified to be doing something and you get feedback that's negative, this is to our point before about growth, then that says, okay, now we can actually grow because we have real information to work with. Right. So really cultivating a growth mindset, I think, is key because you can say just because I have an area of growth doesn't mean I'm a fraud. I yes. haven't been exposed. I yes. haven't pulled the curtain away. Right. It's just a growth area. We all have growth areas. Mm -hmm. And if I can, you know, understand where I am and where I want to be, addressing my growth areas is going to help me get there. Which I mean to that point, it's like if you are afraid to be exposed with an area of growth, I think that says a lot about kind of the bar you've set for yourself in a certain area or the facade you believe you're putting off into the world. And I've got to the point now where I believe that if I put off a facade, if I'm kind of faking like this is, you know, the Instagram version of my life. I don't want the Instagram version of my life to be too far off of my real life. Right. Like it can't be this beautifully polished version. Like if, if every photo of me online is Photoshopped, well, then I will be exposed as a fraud at some point when a real photo appears. Well, and right? you're not going to want to go to like in-person meetings because right. people will see like, oh, that's what you really look like. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I think that's it's similar, right? Like if I convince people that I have it all together, they're they're just going to find out that I don't. Which is really about saying, like, we want to, like, give off this impression in the world that we're people, right? Like, just we're just humans doing this thing, and that's fine. And I think that when you are a perfectionist, you tend to want to be, like, other than, like, superhuman, right? And if that's your position, I think that's just, like, almost, like, doomed to fail at some point. Right. You are doomed to be exposed for the fact that we all know you're not who you think you are. Especially <laughs> and, when you're you know? starting something new. Like, everybody knows yeah. that if you're yeah. new at something, there's going to be a growth, a learning curve. Yes. So, like... That's not something that like can't be exposed. That's just part of like being alive and doing things, <laughs> trying new things. 
So let's shift into the ways to actually overcome uh, being an imposter, feeling like an imposter, um, because we basically outlined two paths here. The first of which is the one that I gravitate towards, which you probably, if you know this podcast and know me well, I tend to lean towards action steps. What can I do to actually change my scenario? And so when I thought about ways to overcome this, I was thinking education, like I can learn more about this topic. I was thinking taking action steps, make a plan, start you know having daily habits, like really getting into this area so that I don't feel like an imposter anymore. But you took a different approach to this. Well, I think the... I think that's a good path to take. And I, I sort of am in that camp normally anyway. Right, right. That like if I feel like an imposter, the best way to help overcome that is to just be very sure that I'm not an imposter, which means mm. that I have like the formal training I need or that I have read all the books on the topic or that I put in the hours or that I prepare so or whatever. So you become the pro that you've been trying to become anyway. Yes. So that yeah. there are no voices in my head saying you're not qualified because I have taken the action to convince myself that I'm qualified. Right. That's one step. That's one path. That's one way to do it, which I, you know, I like that way. Um, but I think the whole idea of imposter syndrome is that you actually are already qualified based on where you are. So you were accepted into the program because you meet their criteria. You, you were given there, yeah. the job because you were the best candidate in the pool. And I think in those situations, it's not necessarily about or only about improving in that area, but acknowledging where you are and understanding that the strengths and the skills that you have are adequate. Right. Or beyond adequate, are sufficient, are, you know, abundant. You have some strengths that landed you in this position or this role, whether you wanted it or not, whether it's formal or sort of accidental, you are here for a reason. Mm. And it's not that people didn't realize that you we're missing something or that you got here by luck, you were put in this position because of some unique special qualities that you already possess. And there's no need to strive to be better or to learn more in order to not be an imposter. I think the example of, of, of a speech is a pretty good one too. Cause let's imagine for a second, you were tapped to give a speech in front of an audience. And you just did this at this conference I can recently, imagine that. Yeah. right? It's just happened. <laughs> and I, I've done this a few times in my life as well. So you're on a stage and you're giving a talk. In most cases, you're there because someone either hired you or asked you to be on that stage to talk about some topic. And so you could take the perspective of, I'm an imposter. I don't belong here. Even though I was asked to be here, that's a lie. And then I think if that's your line of thinking, then in the moment, on the stage, you're going to be nervous. You're going to freak out. You're going to probably lower the quality bar because you're panicking. And you're going to deliver a sub-quality end result. Versus you acknowledge reality and say, I was asked to be here and I do belong here. And you accept that like internally, deeply accept that like this is where I'm supposed to be. And this content I'm going to deliver is supposed to be delivered. Well, then all of a sudden it shifts gears into like, how can I just bring my A game now? How can I just be, I'll be at my best, whatever that happens to be at this stage. And then when the whole thing is over, then you get that feedback that says, awesome job. Like, I really enjoyed that. You're very helpful. Like, you get the positive feedback because you actually did deliver it because you were qualified the whole time. Right. And the whole thing was meant to happen. And I think that, you know, I've experienced that before where, like, I've walked into a stage and thought, like, what am I doing here? Ah! But then afterwards, I get compliments. And I'm like, wait, what? Why did I get a compliment when I thought that I shouldn't have been there? And that that's when you realize, like, oh, I'm not faking this. Right. I actually I do have the skills. I do have this. Yeah. And those are great moments because those are real and they're affirming of your skills and abilities that are legit. 
And then all of a sudden you can say, okay, good. Like I'm here now. I'm, right. I made it. Right. And I think to stop this cycle of imposter syndrome, you have to take those and like value them and say like, I got this feedback because I did a good job, because I have the skills, the knowledge, the expertise, the charisma, whatever it is, not because of an accident or because of luck. Like right. they are, you know, the feedback I'm getting is true. It, you know, it's the audience perceptions. They thought that I did a great job. Therefore I did a great job. Right. Not to just constantly sort of backpedal and self-deprecate and come up with reasons why that feedback can't really be trusted, <laughs> which is, I think. Or even to that degree, let's imagine you give a great speech. You do a, a great performance of the thing you're, you're, you're doing and you still have areas of growth. And that's still you could still do a great job and still want to improve later. And none of that means you're an imposter. Right. Like none of that is evidence for you not belonging there to begin with. It's just evidence that you're a great person doing great work who's going to get better later. And we all have areas to grow. Yes, exactly. So I think from my perspective, I'm just thinking of this through of how do I take what this syndrome is and then go apply it today. Like go take this out into the world. Okay. So how do I go approach my work today, my next project, my next conversation, next meeting and, and be there fully knowing that like I chose to be here. I belong here. I was tapped to be here. Boom. Let's do this. I think it's, it's a confidence booster in so many ways to say this next thing is happening and, and I'm ready for it. And that's what makes it so joyful. Like when you enter yeah. into a new situation and you're like, I'm the one, like I get to do this because I have like done the back work or like I have what it takes or something, then you can, to your point, like just really embrace it and enjoy it for yeah. like the the fun of it. Well, and then it's fun. Right. I, I think that to me is like the real end result of if, I mean, if I'm doing this next thing and it's just torturous work, arduous, and I just really hate it, like something's wrong then. Generally speaking, that means something's wrong. I mean, yes, hard work is good on its own, but- like arduous torture is not, not the same thing. And so we're really going for that kind of that really great rhythm of, of experiencing great work being done well because that's where you're supposed to be. I mean, I think just knowing that imposter syndrome is a thing. Like I knew yeah. the term, but when I started looking into it recently, of course, then I started reading all these articles about it. <laughs> um, but it really just made me, I, I think just even if I don't take any action steps, you know, about how to like overcome it or connect with other people who have it or whatever. Even if, I, even if I just know that it's a thing that is helpful, I think. Well, it's about awareness also, right? You can catch yourself in the moment of, of feeling those feelings and then saying, wait a minute, this is not what's supposed to be happening. Let me shift. Let me make, make a small pivot. And all of a sudden I feel better. And all of a sudden things are going in the right direction. And I think that's applicable in so many areas of life, especially those areas where you just, you know, you're in the moment, you're in the meeting, you're on the stage, you're performing, you're recording a podcast, whatever the thing is, <laughs> like you're in the moment and you can make a, a live pivot in those moments to say, let's stop doing this like mental game I'm playing and just bring on my A game because I am ready for this. All right. Awesome. I think we've beat the topic to death now. So um, you're going to be on the show again later on. I have not chosen the topic yet, but I'm enjoying these chats we're having. So I just feel the need to like reschedule keep going. this, keep this flow happening. Yeah. Um, I usually get really good feedback when you're on the show. Well, I say usually. I always get good <laughs> feedback Thanks. when you're on the show. So you're not an imposter. You belong here. Um, and I appreciate it. And for the action step this week. Go ahead and solve your own imposter syndrome by facing yourself in the mirror. Just take some topics in your life, the ones you feel like you're faking it, and acknowledge the fact that you're not. 
You're not an imposter. You're not faking it. You are qualified. This is legit. And you should just move forward. That's all this is. JeffSanders.com slash 463 is the place to go for the episode notes. And of course, subscribe to this podcast. JeffSanders.com slash subscribe is the place to go for all the apps available. And that's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.